the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, episode 88. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. (laughs) How are you? I am good. I am good. How are you? Uh, Apparently a little off. A little tiny off. (laughs) Just hung up on you before I went to go hit record and then I just hit the wrong button. So then you just and then we were done. Just and so you're war- that's your warning of what's going to happen on this episode. <laughs> oh, great! It's going to be just some surprises for you on my end. It. Mm-hmm. Don't jinx it. <laughs> well, then that is a message to your husband then because <laughs> he's the editor, <laughs> right? He's like, Tammy, you might want to just do this another day if you feel that way because I. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have something exciting to share with you. What? I went to go see um, Elizabeth Gilbert and Lisa Congdon last weekend. I think I told you about that the last time we talked. That is so cool. Oh, it was so good. She, you know, she's growing on me over the years, Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm -mm. Right. Because I wasn't super in love with her, to be honest. Well... If I had to base everything on Eat, Pray, Love, which I did for a long time, then I then I said, no, she's not for me, like a lot of people did. Um, yeah, but go ahead. But then, but then I think we talked about this, her writing, mm-hmm. her little things that she would write in Facebook just blew me away yeah. every time. Yeah. She's so wise. She really is wise. And you can tell she's she learned from a lot of great teachers and just... You know, she's quoting them and, and just her energy. She was super relaxed and just uh, it was a pleasure. Like everything that came out of her mouth was just this lovely little story. And a great can we storyteller. Talk about, can we talk about something yeah. to be a author, a writer and a and a speaker? Mm-hmm. That's a hard that's hard to do because I think I'm a much better writer than I am a conversationalist. I know that, and I'm sure anyone listening to this would probably agree. <laughs> if you've read know, my just, writing, and you've I listened did. to me on this podcast. I am much. I'm a much better writer. I'm. A, I'm more comfortable expressing myself through words on a page mm-hmm. than through words out of my mouth. But she's good at both, and that's <sighs> yeah, that's really enviable. She is, and she talked. The whole talk was about. Um... You know, it's kind of her gig. She's been on Krista Tippett on the On Being podcast. And mm-hmm. I, I was researching her yesterday and just searching for different talks she's done. But, you know, she's really kind of taken it on the road with this conversation about um, creativity and courage. And right. so she clearly, ha- it's a well-oiled machine. She she knows what she's saying. But the things that were just kind of falling out of her mouth, I couldn't write. It was in, I was in a really dark theater and I couldn't write them down fast enough, you know, and there was no light. So I'm like down by my feet where the little light is by the chair in front of me, the woman who's in front of me, right? She has a light on the aisle because I'm on the aisle. So I'm like down there with my notebook writing notes (laughs) while she's talking. (laughs) Um, 
But she's Wouldn't so... it have been hilarious if you just got out like your little spelunker, you know, <laughs> headlamp and just put that on? And sorry, sorry, ladies. I think I Natalie. I think Natalie would have given me a look because she was sitting next to me. She'd be like, "Take that off your head right now! Stop it!" <laughs> um, but went with Natalie. Went with a couple of unruffled gals um, that are new to the group. And had dinner and just, it was, it was just an amazing fun night. Um, but she said all of these things that I wrote down and I was like, um, it was just beautiful to hear her again. I'm a huge fan of Lisa Congdon. Um, and Lisa was interviewing her. Lisa seemed a little nervous as one might be to interview mm, Elizabeth yeah. Gilbert. Um, so she seemed, uh, a little tightly wound and kind of on Topic, you know, she was just trying to do her job really well. But Elizabeth right. Gilbert was just so relaxed and so generous, and uh, it was exactly what I needed. Um, yeah, that was great. I wanted to share that. And she talked a lot about um, how uh, the difference between curiosity and passion, and how she kind of doesn't really, she kind of passion's not the way for her because passion is so unpredictable. And she was like, pa- mm-hmm. passion, people kill over passion. <laughs> like it's, it can right. be a really dangerous way to go. She's like, but the curiosity, you know, I think that it, um, it just kind of sidles up next to you and asks you to kind of turn your head a quarter inch and, you mm-hmm. know, see what is possible and to look at something new in a different way. She's like, I'm a big fan of that. She's like, passion, it's just kind of really, it can be narrow, right? It can just like. Yeah, it can just be narrow, I guess. And- or it can take you to places, right, like she, like she said, it can take you to places that you don't necessarily want to go. I, I mean, yeah. I can be passionate about the wrong things, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> right, right. So that was my little treat. It really filled me up, um, spending the evening with sober women and talking um, all night, you know, and eating all the desserts before and after the event, and... Um, yeah, we it, we stayed out till like eleven, mm-hmm. which felt like you know four in the morning. Which <laughs> yeah, by the time I got home, it was midnight, and I had to finish writing my newsletter. It was one thirty in the morning. I'm like, what is happening? Wow, <laughs> it's like a wild <laughs> weekend for me, Sandra. <laughs> so that was my that was my what I wanted to share with you because I thought you would have really enjoyed it as well. Oh yeah, I bet that yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I went to a memorial this weekend for my father-in-law, and it was so beautiful. I've never been to anything like it. Um, I shared that my father-in-law was in recovery, and he wouldn't mind me saying that. He was very proud of it. Um, he was about thirty-one, thirty-one years, I believe. Um, And so at his memorial, of course, his family spoke, but then person after person got up and shared what Russell uh, meant to them in their recovery. And it was, it blew me away. I have never experienced anything like that ever. Um, That sounds amazing, Sandra. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, I mean, it was so touching, Um, you know, grown men crying yeah uh over what he had meant to meant to them in their recovery journey and um uh, it was just it was amazing and um you know uh russell was the guy who you know in 12 step 
meetings would, you know, drop the bombs that Tammy, you would have been, you know, writing down his quotes. He (laughs) was that guy. You met him. And I mean, he's just full of them. As a matter of fact, some people shared some Russell quotes with us. I'll share one with you um, right now because this one is so good. Let me get my pen. Hold on. Okay, get your pen. Get your pen. All right, go. Uh, Okay, so here's this one. I have to give up all hope for a better past. Hmm. (laughs) Because it it is what it is. That is so good. Oh, I love that. I'm writing it down in my little book. Yeah, I have to give up all hope for a better past. Yeah, not going to change that. Um, Anyway, it was just a – it was a beautiful – it was a beautiful memorial. And then there was another, um, uh, like a 12 step memorial the next day that I unfortunately didn't get to go to, but, um, but because I had to get my kiddos back, back to Austin, but, um, it was really cool. It was so cool. Um, I'm glad you got to be there and I'm glad you got to hear that. As well yeah. as his family to hear, you know, just kind of think about legacy a little bit and what you leave behind. Oh, it was so exactly that. It was, yeah, it really made me think about that a whole lot. Yeah. And then, right, for to, for his family to see, because that was almost like, you know, if you're not in recovery, which is the rest of Russell's family is not, except for me, you know, they get to... um So it was really touching for everyone. Can you cut you out for that whole thing? Can you say they get to see and then whatever they got to see? Oh, they get to see that side of him that they don't normally get to see um, because, you know, they're not in recovery. So uh, anyway, it was just really, really cool and just really, really touching. Um, yeah, so that was that was my weekend. There's a, a line from a, a from Macklemore's uh, song "Glorious." I think it talks about how you di- um, you die twice. Mm-hmm. How when you die, but then the second time you die is when the last time that somebody mentions your name. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm like yeah. gonna be all teary again. <laughs> episode but I just think I think about that when I hear that line it's like it's true it's like what do you leave behind and what what is your legacy and that's so beautiful because his will just bloom and those Russell isms oh yeah in the rooms are going to keep going on and on oh for sure for sure and you know every every man that he helped mentor uh, you know shared his generosity with um they will do the same for 20 other people and so it just it just you know the torch is passed yeah um it's just a it's just a beautiful thing it really was um and I'll, I'll talk about that more too because that's what our whole podcast is about but one more thing um i want to mention mm-hmm. Is that I was so Natha Campanella has a new podcast. Natha was on our podcast. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and she's a fantastic astrologer. She is also a life coach. She's so good at what mm-hmm. she does, and she uh, has released a podcast. We recorded our talk 
a while ago. I kind of yeah. almost forgot about got forgotten about it. Um, I think what, she what's was her waiting. podcast called? It's called Star Narratives. Star Narratives. The podcast. Okay. And I think she was waiting for her chart um, to to agree that it was a good time for her to release the podcast. I right. think. Yeah. I yeah. think she did mention that. I think she did mention that. And then it got delayed for some reason. And then now is the time, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So mine just got released. I talk about love and sexuality and it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> I can write about those things, but right. I don't often talk about them on a podcast. I say the word definitely like 50 times who knew I could use that word so many times in a sentence (laughs) but I do it's so bizarre isn't it weird to listen to your patterns it's very weird that's why it's hard to listen back to these sometimes I'm like I said I know I talk about being a writer and then that's the only word I have in my vocabulary (laughs) stop (laughs) keep writing Sandra keep writing definitely keep writing Oh, that's exciting. Okay, so and people can just search it on iTunes? Yeah, I I don't know how many platforms she has it on. She okay. mentions um, that it's on iTunes and on Spotify. So okay. I don't know where else it is, but Star Narratives. Oh, um, cool. I think it's going to be good, though. I think she only has – I think she's only released three or four so far. So, And I, you recorded one with her as well, so I'm sure yours will be coming. Yeah, and I – and I even forget, I'll have to listen to that because that, it has been a while since we recorded that. That was in the summertime, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll be happy to be surprised by that too. I'll find out when that comes out. Okay. Well, cool. People can listen to that. Do you have anything you want to promote before we dive into our topic? No, today? that's it. I'm good. Okay. I, um, in a you know stroke of marketing genius on my part, I did I went off of social social media in November, so I didn't promote my gratitude book at all. Super smart of me, but it's still up in my shop. If anybody wants to, um, you know, buy one, buy one for a friend, get ready for the new year, start a new practice. You can find all my stuff on TammySolace.com. My paintings, I have four big paintings from the Geographic series that are still available. Um, they're four feet by four feet. They're big ones. They're on wood panels. Those are available. And I am going to promote, there's a program that is taking, I don't, let's see when this will air. Yeah, it'll still be available. There's an early bird special for a program called Reinvent Your Wheels with Laura Ward. And it's a year long program where she's featuring different women throughout the year. Amy Dresner is um, teaching during a month. Uh, Natalie Fairbrook is teaching one of the months. Uh, Diana Unlu. And um, I'm doing November, next November. I have plenty of time to prepare for it, Sandra. And it'll be oh, about you do. creating an attitude of gratitude and creative rituals. And uh, you can learn more about that at lauraward.com. And I think it's a dollar a day, the program. So um, three sixty five is is what I think it is for a year. And I'll, put, I'll be promoting more of that on social media and stuff. But I just wanted to mention it since she had a little early bird special. Um, so you can check that out. And then, of course, as always, give us a rating or a review on iTunes. Pretty please. Pretty please. Yes. 
And I think that's it. Thanks to our Patreon supporters. Again, we have several new supporters this month, Sandra. I'm very excited. So I just really appreciate cool. the women that support the show. And, um, Same. You know, and if you don't donate to the Patreon account, sharing um, our podcast. It's huge. Feeds, yeah. It's a big deal. Um, commenting in our secret Facebook group, you know, under the episode after it airs to create some dialogue is encouraged. Um, most of our guests are members of our secret Facebook group. So you can actually, you know, if you, there, you heard something in the episode that resonated with you or you want to, um, you know, post something that, you know, you think might help the group or help the discussion around whatever we talked about, you're encouraged to do that. So, and if you want to be a member of that, you can friend Sandra and I on Facebook and tell us in a direct message that you want to be added and we'll add you. Yes. I think that's all the biz. I think that's it. So what are we talking about today, Sandra? Well, we are talking, we are going to use a word that no one likes to hear. Right. <laughs> um, we have titled this before the relapse. So we will, we mentioned it in last week's intro. Um, no one relapsed on alcohol right. in this podcast. <laughs> right. Um, just wanted to make that clear. But um, I think we both individually had events that occurred um, the last couple of weeks that sort of, you know, they say that they say that relapse starts long before you take the drink, right? Mm -hmm. You're either blindsided by something unexpected, which is just life. Those things are going to happen that you can't prepare for. Or sometimes it's just the accumulation of stress like a thousand, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Mm -hmm. And, 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 uh, and that's, I guess that's how it happens. Right. I mean, again, I, I always looked, I mean, I never look at anyone judgmentally or I try not to, but I always kind of think, I can't believe they didn't know it was coming at all. You know, just because I hadn't really gotten to a place where, I really wanted to drink like I did, yeah. uh, I, I, like I did around Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think, um, I think you can look at it in hindsight, right? And that's why there, you hear that phrase in the rooms of, you know, relapse is part of recovery. And while I have not relapsed on alcohol, I think what we're going to talk about is, um, relapsing kind of in other ways for me is what I'm going to talk about, about my behavior, and those things that can kind of lead up to probably taking a drink. So for sure, I think you, I think, I think what we're talking about is we're, we saw something coming and, right. and we could feel it and we want to talk about it because I think, I think it's important rather than we want to have some people on here to talk about relapse. We have a couple ladies lined up um, that we're still trying to schedule or one in particular, um, but it's not something I hear talked about a lot. And so I think we're doing right. the precursor because we did not, but we want to talk about that behavior and maybe that would be helpful to someone. Yeah, I really think it would be helpful. I know it would be helpful to me if I heard this conversation. Um, I, I can start. I yeah. can talk about a little bit of what what happened um, the week of Thanksgiving. As I mentioned, my father-in-law passed away. There were probably other things that were going on before. Well, I know there were a lot of other things going on before that in my personal life. Um, 
I have a sibling that's that was doing um, has, was ha- suffering some for through some mental health issues, and I was really stressed out about him, and um, you know just it, it, impending holidays, end of year stuff, just all of those little things. Um, and then when my father-in-law passed away, we were on vacation and, uh, we weren't expecting it, although he had been in and out of the hospital. Um, but we still were hanging on that he was going to get better and get to go home. Um, so it was, it was really unexpected. So when we talked about going into Thanksgiving, I wasn't, I hadn't really been worried about drinking at all. Not at all. Um, you know, it was kind of like the big book says that it's on page 85. If you want to check, if you have your big book and you want to check it out. Um, but it talks about how alcohol we can, we'll be able to be around it and it will be neutral. Do you know that passage? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not off the top of my head. Sorry. Right. Right. And that's, you know, that's how, that's how I feel now when I'm around alcohol, which I'm not around it that much, honestly. But when I am, it's neutral. If I go to a restaurant and I walk past the bar, it's neutral. I don't really, I don't really have a pull or an urge. It doesn't trigger me. Um, but, but, (laughs) um, there was some drinking happening at Thanksgiving. Nothing was out of control at all, but I really, really, by the end of the, a day, I really felt like I was being drank at. Mm. Yep. And, you know, I, I just, I distracted myself, but I could feel that seed of resentment start to take root. Mm. And, you know, I, I know that it was my ego flaring up. You know, I was thinking to myself, I don't get to check out like they do. You know, I know we were only related by marriage, but we had a connection through recovery and you guys aren't validating that, you know? (laughs) Right. It was all about me. I was honoring him and they weren't. Mm. And yeah, and all those thoughts were going through my head. And every time one did, I would just try to distract myself, played a Scrabble game, ate another piece of pie. You know, I just pushed it down, pushed it down. You know, when you're in that situation, you're in your family, uh, you know, someone else's house, a family member's house, there's not really a lot of places to go, right? right. I, could go to the, I could have gone to the bathroom and texted someone, and perhaps I should have, um, but I didn't. I, I just love powered a bathroom through. Text. I love a bathroom text, I know. Sandra. So I know. I, I would I know get that, that from you. I would know yeah. that that's like the SOS. I'm in that the bathroom texting you. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, you know, in hindsight, exactly. That would have been a really smart thing for me to do. Um, because what ended up happening was on the way home, I was just seething. Mm. It was dark at that point. But I was just sitting there totally doing that visualizing, that romantic visualization where you just like take yourself and your thoughts. You go to go to the wine store, buy the bottle, open it, pour it down your throat. I mean, I was visualizing all of that mm. and letting myself. <laughs> well, cause it almost, it's, it's like a little pity party a little bit, right? Like it feels good. Like I want to sink into this feeling 
and and it's exactly even though we know better even though we know we shouldn't but that kind of it's almost it's so self-indulgent it's completely self-indulgent right so self-indulgent but I mean I was just like I want to numb the f out yeah. I, you know, like I didn't want to play around with language in my head. No. Nope. Oh, feel it. Lean into it. Nope. Mm-mm. No. Right. <laughs> I reject that. <laughs> no. Yeah. There's some kind of comfort, though, in wallowing in it, you know, but yeah. it's dangerous. It's dangerous to do that. It's super it dangerous to do that. It is dangerous. It is dangerous. And, you know, and I can, I, I'll definitely go to my solution, you know, what I did, what I did instead, but I have to read you. So I was mm-hmm. at that point, I was, had just started reading Russell Brand's book, Recovery. I had never picked it up. A lot of people had talked about it uh-huh. and I was just like, eh, I don't know. He's cute. He's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just didn't pick it up. And then I saw it at the library and I thought, you know, I'm going to pick this up. And, um, well, I'll tell you why, because a friend of mine said she started to go back to 12 step meetings because of his book and I'll, and this is somebody I respect. And I thought, huh, well, maybe it really is good. Yeah, <laughs> and I haven't so, read it. I haven't read it either. Yeah. So I saw it at the library and I picked it up. So I had just started reading it. So I have to read you this paragraph that he wrote. And I read this after this whole Thing happened. Um, and after I found my solutions and everything, but he nails it here. It's pretty short. He said, we crave connection, but so much of the time we are not alive, neutralized. Who are you when you're listening to the radio and traffic? If you are not you, you are on standby. Mostly we are free floating and disengaged, lost in the spectacle. When I fixate on the object of my Addiction in any given moment, it is because I believe it will give me relief from disconnection. Isn't that brilliant? Boom, Even mic drop. <laughs> right? Yeah. Even if it will ultimately make things worse, I will feel the connection. You know? So it's right. like it's fleeting, it's momentary, it's gonna fuck shit up, <laughs> but you'll feel it, right? right. And he said, this is why addicts relapse, um, even though they have strong evidence that the action will not be successful. Once they are in the traumatized, cut off state, they revert to the only plan they know to ameliorate the feeling through humility. Through humility, this step, and he's talking about step seven, mm-hmm. bypasses our erroneous, erroneous and illusory, illusory methods for temporary self-salvation and connects us to the truth we have always sought. We are, in fact, connected. And what he's referring to in step seven is um, umbly, we humbly asked him him being your higher power. Um, that, but that again is the language that a lot of people don't like, but, um, we humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Um, but if you look at that as your shortcomings are the things that disconnect you. Yeah. And right. And so you're asking for a reconnection. 
you need another, you need, you need to reestablish your constant contact, right? Correct. And, but um, it's identifying that that's the hard part, Sandra. It is. It's how to reestablish the conscious contact with your higher power or, right. or divine or whatever you want to call it. I'm going right. to say God in this episode. I'm not going to keep doing that thing I just did. Like, I'm going to say God just because that's a Yes, and it. feel free. And, you know, and, I, and I'll read this to you, too. This is helpful as well. Again, this is another uh, Russell quote, but this is not Russell Brand quote. This is a, my father-in-law's quote, who, by the way, 31 years sober, was very agnostic, very very agnostic. Um, but he always said that alcoholism or addiction is the disease of isolation and the solution is social interaction. So for him, just people were his higher power. Yeah. Connection to other people. Um, and you know, so, you know, recovery happens Right. When we connect to a source or higher power or God, Mm -hmm. and then it continues when we do the work to maintain that connection. Right. It's it's all about the maintenance. I mean, think about all the times before when you tried to get sober and you couldn't. And what what why 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 did that why did it happen for you? Why did it happen for me four and a half years ago? What was the difference? It's because for whatever reason, I finally had the connection I was craving. And that's the thing I have to maintain. Well, and I think, uh, you know, I've heard someone say in the rooms, like, no one ever fails to have conscious contact with God. And I wrote it down because I was like, well, yeah, I, I fail all the time. I do too. You know, I do too. I don't think that's true. But I mean, I guess I mean, like, Perhaps they meant like, you can't fail if that is your intention. Like if you really are intentional about it and you are trying to make conscious contact, like God will hear you or that feeling or that energy. But I fail to remember to have conscious contact with God. That's what I fail at is the remembering. Right. And that's why routine is so important for me in my recovery, Sandra, like doing all the shit, which we'll get to later. But, um, yeah, yeah, you know, right. It's, it's and this is again another word is that a lot of people that don't do twelve step or they feel like it's not for him for them because of the language, um, the word defect the the defects of character and I struggled with that as well mm-hmm. Me too. Um, because as women you know I know that for myself I was taught by many people how defective I was. And, you know, my many defects have been well pointed out by lots of other people. But the thing that we have to remember is that defects aren't emotions. Mm, right. Um, they aren't, you know, they're not emotions. They're things like jealousy, self-pity, envy, impatience. And those were all... Yeah, those were all things that was ha- that were happen that was happening to me mm. in that week leading up, and then on Thanksgiving Day, um, I was experiencing several. <laughs> 
Well, I think someone explained it to me, and this really helped me, Sandra, with the difference between a defect and a shortcoming. Because you mentioned step seven about, you know, our shortcomings. And I couldn't understand what that was at first. And through writing and talking with my sponsor, and someone said, a defect is like you have a flat tire. A shortcoming is that you decide to drive on that flat tire. So it's almost like, what you do with it. Right. You know, it's right. Not- you let, you let that defect, you let that defect become your dis. You let that disconnect you. Totally. It's like an excuse. Yes. So, you know, it's like, um, but, but it's bad decision-making. So I'm judgmental, but what do I do with that judgment? Am I going to hurt somebody's feelings? Am I going to isolate myself from others because I don't I don't like what they're doing? It's like there's an action that's involved here. Um, so that word defect is, yeah, it's people don't like it, but whatever, call it a default. And some I hear some women in the rooms call it a default. I don't know. I don't get too tricky with the language now anymore. I used to be really particular about it. I don't, I just get real, it's basic. I don't take it personally. The word. Well, and you're right. You're right. Especially if you think about, you know, you don't have to assign a value to say envy or judgment because it's, it's not really good or bad. You're right. It's what you do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you felt all of that. You felt it coming. You knew what was happening. So did you start reading this book while this was happening that weekend? Were you, I had already, I had already started reading it and, um, but yeah, then I really dug in. So that, that was definitely, you know, after something like, I would call that a crisis because I felt like I was definitely in a crisis. Um, I mean, yeah. Had I been in better maintenance mode, could I have prevented that crisis? Possibly. But whatever, there I was. Um, Did you do anything else? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. You know, uh, I basically, I woke up feeling, I woke up that morning feeling like exactly that. I need to reestablish contact Mm -hmm. (laughs) with my higher power. Yeah. Um, Immediately. And for me, um, I have to find, I have to start looking for miracles around me again. That seems like it can, that is the only thing that can penetrate my heart like an arrow. Um, when I am in that crisis mode, you know, repeating mantras that I've repeated before that have lost their meaning for me doesn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. Things like things, sometimes things that I've done before don't always work for me, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I've been told in the program, if something stops working for you, try something different. I am the queen of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, I hear that too. And I think that's so, cause if you hang your hat on it, right. Um, I'm going to have a different view of this because we are very different. Um, but I do get that when I hear that in the rooms and I was like, yeah, because if you're going to hang your hat on that and die on that cross, like, Oh, this always worked and this is what I did. And, but if it doesn't work anymore, you got to move on. You got to do something else for the sake of your sobriety, for sure. Right. Right. And so when I'm feeling like I need to see a miracle, um, the first thing, the thing that's most accessible to me that I can do anytime 
is go for a walk in nature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, especially right now, the changing of the seasons, but just really any time. And it's like I'm on a hunt for something like I need some proof of God outside of me. Yeah. That's going to make me cry. Mm, but yeah. I, I can, um, I, I was on a hunt that morning mm. and I found it and it just took, uh, about a, th- you know, about 30 minutes right. <laughs> of me looking or at my, in my, sur- at my surroundings, um, you know, if a walk's not accessible, look in your children's eyes or your spouse's eyes or um, go in your backyard. Uh, you know, I think it comes back to a gratitude practice, too. But it wasn't just that. Like, I really, really needed to see proof of God. Hmm. And and to remember that you needed that. That's the hard part because we forget. Yeah. Like we forget what we need. That's why we get stuck in that feeling, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, exactly. You text me from the bathroom next time. I'm going to tell you to go outside. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you forget. Yes. You totally forget when you're in the moment. Yes. And, you know, I often look up to you. It's mm-hmm. not like I think that that's where God lives up there, you know, Um I think that's just a metaphor, but, uh, nothing can humble me more than just a cloud formation Mm -hmm. or a star formation that is proof of God to me. Mm. And you're Um, pausing long enough to receive that feeling, right? Yes. so So that it can kind of replace and hopefully override that other feeling. Exactly. Yeah. Override. You're right. Override that feeling to to check out some other way. Um the other things I did uh y- you know, I I find answers in books and I I mentioned that I was reading Russell Brand's book. Mm -hmm. I was also, I also had happened to pick up a prayer journal that was written by Flannery O'Connor when she was uh, really young in her early twenties. And I'm not going to read the whole quote, but she wrote this beautiful thing about looking for God. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, it was just like, it's like she wrote it for me. Mm -hmm. And um, it's on my I wrote the whole the whole paragraph on my blog. If you want to look, uh, if you want to read the whole thing without checking the book out of the library or finding the book, but um, uh, it's just it's just a, she articulated it so well. What it's like to search for a constant contact. What's the name of your blog post that people can read that? Um, it's called Rage, Rage Against the Dying, okay. and it's on my uh, website, theunruffled.com, if you just click on blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, uh, the last thing I did was I, I found a meeting. Um, again, I can, I can feel a contact through uh, other people yeah. that suffer from my same afflictions, 
and uh, I long, went. Had it been a while since you'd gone to a meeting? It's been a little while since I've been to a meeting. Okay. Yeah. But it was um, still there. It was still there for you. It was still there. And I will talk about that in just a second, okay. too, about I've reformulated some thoughts about meetings. But um, I, but about this particular meeting, I just went to my city's um, meeting list on the Internet. Um, every city has one, if you don't know that. Um, I don't know how it is in rural areas, Tammy. How is it in rural areas? Have, is I there still a, a meeting an, list? Yeah, there's an. I use the app on my phone for AA meetings. So it, you put in your zip code and it tells you what's near you, which is great because mm -hmm. it's or, or what city you're in, so that wherever you are, it tells you where the closest meeting is. Right. Yeah. It's called um, AA Meeting Finder. If anybody wants okay. to download. Oh, that that's app. cool. Yeah. I didn't know that was an app. Yeah. Um, yeah I just looked on uh, the internet. Mm -hmm. And um, I found a meeting that was only a block from me. And it just, it didn't have the name of the location. It just had the address. So I put on my shoes, trucked it out the door. I could, knew I could walk there. It was a block away. And as I'm walking, I'm thinking, oh my God, <laughs> this meeting is going to be in the same church that held my daughter's preschool. Hmm. What do you think about that? How ironic is that? <laughs> um, how many times had I walked to that same exact path, holding her little tiny hand and being so, so hung over that the sun hurt my eyes. Yeah. And as I walked into the same hallway, I mean, it was, it was just... I mean, as you can only imagine, yeah. Um, it was the it was the other miracle I was looking for. Yeah, to remind I, you, right? To remind yeah, you of what you're doing. Exactly. And why? And why I made the choice? I've made the choices that I've made, and I was telling a friend the story, and she said, she said. Yeah, those God winks are amazing. <laughs> I was like, mm -hmm. I think this is a little bit more than a wink. <laughs> it's like an, it's like he's elbowing you a little bit, like, hey, <laughs> winking and elbowing you too. <laughs> See what I'm doing here? See what I'm doing here, Sandra? Yeah, <laughs> little little more than a wink for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'll probably go back to this meeting. Um, yes. But the thing I was going to say about meetings is when I was really looking at my relationship to AA, I was, I get bored is mm. the thing. It's part of my personality. Um, I'm going to drop my Enneagram number again, but I'm a seven. I was just I like, thinking your number seven right when you said I that. I like novelty. <laughs> I just, I can't help it. Mm -hmm. And if, I'm gonna be, and if I'm going to be true to myself, that is my personality. Yeah. And I get bored with the same, going to the same meeting. But I think what was hanging me up was that I thought that I was like breaking code or breaking the rules if I meeting shopped, but I'm not, right? Oh, I mean, no, I, Sandra. And not that's at the, all. 
And that's, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, I felt like am I, I'm going to be, I can't go back to my quote unquote home group. Um, because I'm bored to death there. It does, it has nothing to do with the people there. They're all lovely. And yes, I would get something every time I went to that particular meeting, but I was just getting bored. It became a chore. I was getting resentments. Mm -hmm. Resentments were building up in me. (laughs) Not, not good to have resentments about meetings. (laughs) (laughs) But hold on, Sandra, hold on. I got it. But seven is a rebel. So I would think that you would totally meeting shop. Or whatever you call it, you know, I just like you'd go check it out. Like I'm a rebel. I'm not going to the same one. I'm going to do what I want. It's exciting now. Again, I'm going to check out one tonight, a meditation meeting. I'm so excited. It has completely reinvigorated me. Sandra, this makes me so happy. And not because I think AA is the way. I just think it's this really cool tool to use when you need it like you did. I needed it and I need it I need people I need people to like touch me and hold hands with me and pray with me and cry with me I need it we had our guest Michelle Patti on the show that I that I go to meetings with that we shared um in that episode and she talked about her favorite part of the meeting was at the end when everybody holds hands in a circle And I don't think, I mean, I love the circle aspect because I'm a big fan of circles, but um, after she said that, I I think about that every time I hold hands with a stranger in a meeting or anybody, even if I kind of know them, kind of that contact, right? It's another, it's a physical contact with another human being who shares my common problem with alcohol. There's something magical about saying a prayer, saying some words, holding a stranger's hand and then going out and going back out into the world. Right. And so I get it. I get it. So I'm and so I don't happy. know why it just is. Yeah. I don't need to know why no. it just is. When it they just say why is. is not a spiritual question. It's not. It's not a helpful question for me. No. It's never helped me in any way whatsoever. No. <clears throat> so, oh. yeah, so that's it. And, you know, and I just want to add one more thing. So mm-hmm. after all of that happened, after I had the crisis, I found my solutions. Um, I was just flicking through Netflix because yes, I still want to check out sometimes. Right. Well, we, we have and, to find something you know, healthier, right? It's a healthier way to do it. Totally. And I was, I was flipping through Netflix and stumbled upon this movie called Krisha. It's K-R-I-S-H-A, Krisha. Yeah. And I, I went past it and then I went back to it. I was like, why does this movie sound so familiar? And then I remembered uh, it came out in 2015. Um, so about three years ago, um, it was written up in our uh, local, like our free independent paper, um, a big review about the media, about the, the, the movie because it was filmed in Austin. And, uh, and it's about, it's about addiction and it's about relapse and family. And so of course the content, you know, sucked me in, but then I had kind of forgotten about the movie because it was, it was an independent movie. It's a very independent, very like a micro budget movie. Um, as you'll see, if you pull it up to watch it. Um, so it was kind of hard to, at that point it was 
kind of hard to find. Um, but now it's on Netflix and talk about, you know, after the climax, bringing it all home, you know, it's like a, it's, it's a sliding door sort of situation for sure, because this is a woman who is in her sixties and goes home for Thanksgiving. (laughs) Holy cow. And so, relapses. Sorry, spoiler alert. She does. You, you, you're, you're cheering for her, but she ends up relapsing at Thanksgiving, oh. and it's just gut wrenching. And you watch that Thanksgiving weekend? Yeah. Well, that, a few days after. <laughs> oh, yeah. <after>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Again, wow. another not so subtle uh, God wink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, I have to watch that. I was supposed to watch that this weekend and I forgot. But now that you've reminded me again, I'm glad I will. Yes, everyone. um, It's really hard to watch. It's um, if you're easily triggered by that watching that kind of thing, then I wouldn't recommend it. Um, But if you if you need a really good reality check, then I would definitely recommend watching it. It's so good. Oh, I'm glad you found solutions, Sandra. I did. And I they, did. And they sound like they were little miracles that you needed, that you were looking for. Yeah. Or they found you, whatever that was, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and I hope that it didn't, all of that didn't sound too dramatic, you know, like it's this hero's journey or whatever. <laughs> I don't mean for it to sound that dramatic that I need some sort of like opening of the, of the, of the skies or whatever, but sometimes I do. And, and I also need reminders that I need to work on the maintenance part all the time. Yeah. Just the, the quieter, the quieter parts, you know, the slow, the sometimes boring, right. <laughs> the sometimes monotonous. What's the line from the big book? Like this is contingent upon the ba- maintenance of our spiritual condition. Yes. Yes. And that is what we, that's what we're doing every day is maintaining. And, and that's what's so cool about, I think about the program is that I get to do that in any way I want. I know. And it's Anywhere true. I you want. do. Because that particular line has enraged me many times. <laughs> I will be honest with you because I'm just like maintenance is boring, but, <laughs> um, but it's, it's really true. And however you do that maintenance, however, you know, even if I have to get in my car and hit every freaking you know meeting in this city, which by the way, we have a lot or whatever, um, you know, my idea of maintenance exactly can be whatever, however I define it, but it has to be something. Yeah. I mean, think about a house with a foundation and it gets a crack. It's boring. It's boring to fix that, but gosh, it's going to cause some major damage if you don't. Right. Right. So you have to do that. Or if there's something under your house, you know, well, my husband will get that, but um, (laughs) in the metaphor, (laughs) you have to deal with it. Because yeah. it's going to eventually um, disrupt something <clears throat> within your house. And so I, I'm just, I know we all have to come to these things how we come to them as well, which my story is going to be a little bit different than your story. But I think, um, I think same, same though, really. Yeah. 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 
Hey, Unruffled listeners, just popping in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced over a year's worth of content and have over a quarter million downloads. We can hardly believe it. If you like what you've been hearing, you can be a patron of this show for as much as you'd like, even if it's just a dollar an episode. To donate, please go to www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. So tell me about your week. Um, well, like we talked about, like we were recording saying, should we do an episode, you know, about the week? And we're like, we're, we feel really good. I don't even know what we would say. Like solid doesn't feel <laughs> like I have anything to talk about in that regard. Like things are awesome. So maybe we shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> Famous last words. And I wasn't being cocky or anything. You and I were just both being really transparent. Like this just, I don't, there's no drama. There's nothing. Right. And then like all hell breaks loose. But um, let me see. I have so many things out here. I, I, where I started was, I'm not, I did not host Thanksgiving for the first time in like 10 years, um, which was great. But I felt like I had all this time, Sandra, which is maybe that can be dangerous too. And I felt like I should be doing something. I felt like something was missing. And so mm-hmm. that that's where it began for me. Like a longing for like, what is what is missing? What is something doesn't feel right? So I had school that week. But I went to school um, that Wednesday morning before Thanksgiving, which is the biggest drinking day of the year, right? So I don't think about that when I wake up. I'm going to get a text right here that I sent to Tiffany Hahn. Um, Tiffany and I have been doing a social media kind of uh, staying off Instagram for the month and see how it made us feel because we were, um, I was feeling anxious. Tiffany was doing it for other reasons. Anyhow, so we've been kind of accountability partners regarding that. And so it was like, as I was walking into school that Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I sent her a text and I said, hey, I'm about to walk into ceramics. Um, I'm feeling twitchy. I almost added Instagram the app back onto my phone. I'm feeling the holidays and wanting connection, but the internet kind. Not going to do it, but I wanted to let you know. I feel weird today. I'm not going to drink, of course, but wanting to escape. And so I knew from that morning that I wanted to numb out. And that was just the very beginning of what should have been a little clue for me. But instead, I walked into uh, my ceramics class and I did ceramics because we had a lot to do for six hours and I didn't eat or drink. So there's number two problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That, that Halt. Yeah, right. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And I wasn't angry at anything. Um, Natalie helped me identify it later. I was sad. Um, and I'll get to that. Um, so I leave ceramics really hungry and the thought crosses my mind Sandra um I'm like a couple blocks away from Mm In-N-Out and about a mile away from the every hour on the hour meeting alcathon that they do for AA where there's a meeting every hour for like 36 hours oh wow I'm very close to both and you want to know what choice I made in and out burger so <laughs> ding 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 you win i go to in and out burger 
and I eat a burger and fries and um, I write in my journal and I'm just kind of, it's buzzing all around me. It's chaos. And I'm in my own little burger bubble. And it's the whole you're feeling with the burger. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and I know it's dangerous. Did it of, work? <laughs> it's kind of for me to be out in the world is not great. I don't like being out in the world, Sandra, more than like five or six hours. Like, I really like to be home. And I just, that's just how it is now that I'm, and I'm just learning that um, more and more about myself. So here I am on the day before Thanksgiving, freeways are packed, in and out is a buzz, and I'm in my little burger bubble, but I'm, I'm noticing, you know, just chaos all around me. So then I leave and I think, well, I could still go to a meeting, but no, I'm just going to go home. I just want to be home. I'm tired. I'm tired of being out today. I just want to go home. I come home and no one's here, which is good. It's quiet. So this goes on around six o'clock. I'm like, I didn't meditate today. I only did half of my morning routine. I'm going to go lay down in bed, turn on my salt lamp. It's all calm. It's dark outside. I'm going to listen to a Sarah Blondin meditation. I'm going to get back whatever's missing here. And then as I was listening to the meditation, I couldn't breathe. And then there was tingling in my legs and restlessness. And that's, that's the sign of a panic attack for me is that all the blood is rushing to my feet. Mm -hmm. So, and what happens when that happens is that I forget what to do about anything. My mind goes blank. So I'm feeling this way. I'm trying to do deep breaths. I'm like, okay, I think I need to breathe. I need to try to breathe. And then my phone is laying right there because I was playing the meditation and I called Natalie and immediately she's like, what's wrong with your voice? <laughs> I go, I think I'm having a panic attack. It's starting. It's swelling up. I can't breathe. And so she walked me step by step through what to do next. You know, go get my beta blockers, go get this oil, put it in your hands, even though I hate oil in my hand, but I needed to smell it, like put it up, cut my hands and put it up to my nose, sniff that in, like. And then go get your meditation mat and go sit down and, and all the things. <clears throat> After about 25 minutes, I finally, um, I started crying on the phone. I'm, and I'm like, I don't know why this is happening. And then I just, I'm like, oh, I do know why this is happening. Because it's the biggest fucking drinking day of the year. <laughs> um, I've wanted to numb out all day and did to some degree with fast food and uh, wanting to get on my phone. Um I popped into the Facebook group a lot last weekend, so that'll I'll get to that in a second. But I needed connection. I needed something. No one was home. I was all alone, and it was um, the on Thanksgiving was going to be an, you know another monthly anniversary of Casey's passing, um, the twenty second, mm -hmm. and the night before that is the night the last night I spent the night with her, which is kind of I do my own little thing on the twenty first usually, but I didn't remember that this time until this had happened. Mm. So kind of just emotionally worn down, raw, um, didn't do all the things of my morning routine, which are important to me. So I was just irritable, discontent. <clears throat> and so I didn't go to a meeting that day. I just, all the things that could have maybe helped shift this or helped it pivot a little bit, I, I didn't do. Mm -hmm. um, I forgot what to do. And this mm -hmm. is from a woman who's been keeping track of her routine since... July 1st this year. 
Like I write down every day what my routine is. I'm tweaking it. I'm always fine tuning it. I'm trying to write a little course on it. And I forgot what to do. You know? mm-hmm. So I did try to reach out to Tiffany and be accountable until I wanted to numb out. So I did identify it kind of, you know, and then I did, I did self-soothe with fast food. I did get on the Facebook group um, for the Unruffled podcast from my computer. I did try to meditate. So I did some things, but nothing was soothing that feeling. And um, that left me open to feelings for the whole weekend. So the next day, what I had to do, Sandra, I did my morning routine, (laughs) but I went to an AA meeting on Thanksgiving and I went and told the truth on myself, which is a tool that I use. Like I don't totally verbal vomit everything on the meeting, but I told the truth like that. I didn't go to a meeting yesterday when I knew I should have. And I felt a little twitchy and I'm coming here today because I need to get recentered and grounded. And, you know, I I need to hear what you guys have to say um, and what's being shared in this group. So thanks for letting me share basically. But just doing that, you know, really helps me. That's a that's one of my tools of uh, I think is helpful to tell the truth on yourself in a meeting too. Um, right. Doesn't have to be all of it. Doesn't have to be the nitty gritty. Doesn't have to be like everything I just shared here. But just enough to make me so that I don't lie to myself later. You know, I don't. Right. I, don't I don't. I don't turn against. But like, oh, I don't need a meeting. What is that going to do? <laughs> It's just the same people sharing drinking stories, and that might be even more triggering. Like I could have talked myself out of a meeting really quickly, <clears throat> but I knew I knew that I needed to go. So I did that on Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving turned out to be fine. Um, people drank a little bit. It's surprising, you know. I'm just always still surprised that people don't drink that much. <laughs> um, and we were invited to stay at our friend's home, which is beautiful. And it's a rental that they have on the Russian River where it meets the Pacific Ocean. It's called the Sunset House. And, um, you know, let's stay the night there. But it was raining. And so my family stayed the night there. And on Thanksgiving, I came home alone because mm. um, I hadn't been drinking. My husband had a little bit to drink. So he stayed. And I came home and got to be by myself, which was really another solution, which was really good for me. I got up the next morning and I did everything. I do my little morning routine and I felt centered and grounded. And then some rage creeped in, Sandra. (laughs) (laughs) Some things happened. Um, Really frustrated um, at home with my son and homework and just teenager, just teenager stuff. Nothing totally normal. He's a normal kid. Just... Um, but I, because things had been kind of creeping and I've been trying to maintain and push it down and handle, I was so pissed. I went into the refrigerator and I have this new non-alcoholic drink that I've been drinking, mm-hmm. which is kind of new to me in the last few months. Cause I've never really drank anything like that like I, at all. And I went and grabbed it. Like it's, it's uh, made with hop water from beer. Mm-hmm. So I guess I never drank beer. So people told me like, oh, it tastes like a light beer. I'm like, I, I wouldn't know. Um, but it's made by a beer company. And I think I shared it with you. Um, and of course, I bought two cases of it because, you know, <laughs> all or nothing. for Why, me, why have six pack when you why? can have two cases? Because that's how I used to buy everything. So my friend who we had Thanksgiving at, he owns a restaurant. I had asked him to order me two cases. He gave them to me on Thanksgiving. 
So I had them here and I was so pissed off that I finally had to walk away from having a conversation with my husband. My kid was annoying me. I, my kid wasn't annoying me. The situation was annoying me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I went and grabbed it and I opened it with a beer bottle opener, which I have not opened wine since I've been sober. Mm-mm, I don't use either. the bottle opener. I don't use any of that paraphernalia because I really loved all the paraphernalia when I drank, you know, because I owned a wine bar. I love glasses. I love the paraphernalia. And then I drank like it was a beer or something. Like mm-hmm. I was pissed. And then I went over to my desk and I was like, oh, my God. I'm glad I had it, Sandra. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right. Because, yeah, I mean. But the behavior was just the same. Behavior is the same. The The consequences are much different. Right. And so then that's where it's like, I don't, I no longer want to drink alcohol. Right. So I'm a sober person. I don't want to drink alcohol. That is not, I, that, I know that is not going to serve me. I know that that is off the table for me. Um, horrible consequences would happen if I did that. But I still was having that behavior of that was the solution. And I was glad I had something that I could do that with, but I drank at my anger. I drank at it. Um, like I used to drink every single night. I used to drink at my life. And so I felt like I was escaping a little bit. Um, healthier solution might be triggering for some to drink a non-alcoholic, um, beverage. I, I'm on the fence with how I feel about it because It wasn't alcohol. Right. Thank God it wasn't. But I need to put myself in check. Like, what do I need to do to get back to my maintenance of my spiritual condition so that I'm not wanting to slam a drink Mm -hmm. because my emotions aren't in check? Mm -hmm. And so I think what I the the thing I thought about when I thought about we were going to talk about this is that I go to meetings. I do the things I do. The texts that I read, the tarot, the um, tea and toolboxes meetings. I I do all of these things um, so that I can stay emotionally sober. And for me, that just means to stay kind of, um, you know, a little bit um, to remove the drama from my life. Mm hmm. I guess that's what, emotionally sober or uh, emotionally drama free, drama free, whatever you want to call it. Like I used to have so much drama in my life and to counteract the drama, which never counteracted it, by the way, I would drink. Mm-hmm. It just kind of would inflate it or ignite it, you know, and so um, it would validate it. Right. To totally. I think th- I think about that often. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So going to meetings, uh, I went to a few meetings. Um, I, I I stayed on my little routine that I've been doing for the month. So because I went off of social media, I was keeping an accountability log in my journal. And I meditated 29 out of 30 days in the month of November. I wrote a gratitude list every single day. I spent 26 hours either at meetings because meetings are an hour at meetings or working with a sponsee. I spent 26 hours in the month of November. Um, and I read, I read 21 days out of 30. I read, I was reading the book, the recovering by Leslie mm-hmm. Jameson. So 
I did all of those things and I still felt that way. So I don't mm-hmm. want this to be depressing to anybody. Right. <laughs> you know, or somebody... not every month is not every month, right? No. I mean, and that's that's kind of what no. why we were gliding into Thanksgiving because yeah. not every month is so intense. Right. And I was kind of doing this as a preventative because I thought I need I'm going to be flying in December. The holidays are coming. Um But you know what? It probably really helped me not have these feelings earlier in the month. But they showed up on Thanksgiving weekend, the night, the day before and the weekend. And by the time Sunday rolled around, things had calmed down, worked things out um, with my son, set amends for what I needed to make amends for and um, returned to myself. Kind of like looking back and thinking, okay, why... How could I do it differently? Not why. How could I do it differently? And so mm-hmm. I've, I've just kind of dove back in with how I, and I'll share that in my tools at the end here, but um, I know I need meetings. I know I need to chat with other women in recovery that share my common problem with alcohol. And so that doesn't necessarily have to be a 12-step meeting. It could be a meeting of my own making, like I had Saturday night with the ladies that we went to go see Liz Gilbert and, and went into the city. Um, it could be meeting at Natalie's for tea after school and just making that connection. And I was doing those things, but I think there's something about doing those things with intention as well. Um, and I think I needed to have a little more intention the week of Thanksgiving. Oh, instead of like going through the motions or, well, I think it's something about doing it rote, right? Like just knowing what to do, um, is helpful too, which is I'm going to get to in my three things. But I think for me that week, because I knew it might be charged, just like I know it might be charged the week that I fly out to go see my mom and go to her doctor's appointments with her, or that I am going to fly on December 22nd, (laughs) um, be in an airport during the holidays, flying with my family. All of that is very uh, emotionally charged for me. So I need to kind of double down. (laughs) I need to do some things intentionally, like be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I found relief. I found relief from texting with you, texting with, um, Natalie, just having connection. Um, and so I didn't drink, but I did that behavior very much reminded me of how, um, it would be really easy if there had been maybe something that I like to drink in the refrigerator. I don't know. I'd like to think that I wouldn't, but I don't know. I don't know. Right. And that's why we're talking about like this before you do, like if you're not feeling for me emotionally grounded or emotionally fulfilled, if I'm lacking um, sleep, you know, if my, if my constitution is delicate, I I feel like that's ripe for, for relapse. And and so I just pay attention to that. Right. It's like all that stuff creates the fuck it moment, right? Because that that's what a lot of people say when they share about a relapse. They just say, I just had that had a moment. It was just like, yeah. Yeah. Let me I would like to can I just read a little something from Mm -hmm. from um I've been reading the prayers the from the book Prayers of Honoring Voice by Pixie Lighthorse um for the last several months. And um she has a prayer for honoring anxiety. And I'm only going to read you part of it because it's longer, but let's see. It says, um, when it seems like everyone around me has it together, emphasize that I am not alone in my battle. 
give me compassion for others who nervously retreat and offer them understanding. Calm the butterflies that swarm my gut when I am apprehensive. Help me recognize the panic when the panic is creeping in and encourage me to trust that I can speak the simplest words about what is happening and be effective. When dread takes over, quiet my doubts, which intimidate and cripple me. Keep me in my body as I pass through the bottleneck. Put the healers on my path who can help me learn that I will be okay. Put a balm of higher wisdom on my delicate heart when the familiar restlessness tries to steer the ship. Mm. Um, I just, the healer that day was Natalie, that she helped me like come back to myself. Mm-hmm. The healer was going to a meeting the next day and being heard and no one saying a fucking word. <laughs> yeah. I just got to share how I felt, tell the truth on myself. And then the next person just went on with what their deal was. Nobody right. said anything that I could, that all of that, that was, that's what kind of um, healed me. And then also just giving myself a fucking break. I picked up that drink and drank that way. It reminded me of something. That's okay. Like, I, I'm not a, ashamed right. of that. It's okay. Um, yeah. And if you do pick up and you do relapse, um, you know, I don't have that experience to share. Um, but I will say that I, I would hope that I would be kind to myself. Because um, these are all just learnings. And I feel like every, every day that I'm sober, I learn something new. Um, and I don't lose anything that came before. So, you know, if I am not emotionally, quote unquote, sober, um, I can be again. And that's, yeah. what, and that's what I'm doing this week. Right, right. And I think it's, it's easier to um, recover from a lapse in emotional sobriety than it would be probably, I would imagine, to recovery from a lapse in, yeah. you know, uh, alcohol sobriety. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm not trying to say they're um, apples and apples, but they're just, um, well, that's why I'd like to t have this conversation and branch it out so we can help. I'm sure some of our listeners have relapsed and they might want to hear, um, you know, what some solutions are. And, right, and, right. Maybe they're trying to dissect their own yeah. relapse. Or maybe they could shed some light on what happened before that was um, these clues, you know, that was lighting the way to their relapse. And that maybe, you know, that's a hard thing for us to ask somebody to share. Um, but we're open to the discussion and hearing it if anybody would want to. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, well... Shall we wrap things up? <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. That yeah. was a lot. You know, I want to backtrack and talk sure. about one thing. You were talking about your hoppy yeah. drink. And maybe we can talk about those kind of beverages another time, you know, NA drinks and that kind of thing. You know, I don't think you were saying that there's anything inherently wrong with an NA. No beverage um no I was so, afraid of it Sandra is why yeah. I never had it early on 
Yeah, I think that um, it's how you drink them, right? Correct. Like you were saying, yeah. and um, and it's how we how we how we do anything, right? Right. But, because, because I don't have a problem with non-alcoholic shrubs, or I don't have a problem with. Um, I, I don't know. I, I but early on, I have to say it's only been recent, like very recent, like the last four or five months that I've had kombucha that I've had uh mocktails I was not into any of that before because it reminded me too much of drinking it was too right it was too triggery for me it was just the the ritual Mm -hmm. or the taste or right any of that you know it'd be interesting to talk to um is it not Matt Chris Matt and who's Jeff on sense Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. because doesn't he have an an NA brand Jeff does yeah Uh uh-huh he might be a fun one to have on the show. He's such a nice yeah, guy. He is a nice guy. But yeah, to talk about his NA beer, which I, I'm i with you. I wasn't a huge beer drinker. There were some beers that I, well, I was a bartender for a long time. So I tasted just about every beer that was, every craft beer for sure that was made at, at, up until, you know, four and a half years ago. But, um, but it wasn't my preferred beverage. (laughs) I certainly wouldn't kick one out of the refrigerator though. (laughs) I'll say that. Um, so I could be a, I could be a very, uh, what, what is the word? Non discriminant, indiscriminate drinker at times. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Whatever you got. (laughs) That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, whatever's but, in my glass is just fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've told this story before too. And I'm, I meant to, to, I didn't want to interrupt you, but, um, once I was, it was pretty early in sobriety. Maybe I'd had a year, maybe a little over a year. And, uh, the kids had just driven me to the point of, of lunacy <laughs> and, a lot of, I mean, our kids can be triggers. They can be for sure. And they had really driven me to a point and I got my keys, I got my purse and I just took off. And I went to the same store that I used to buy my wine at. And I bought a four pack of Topo Chico and I came home and you should have seen the look on my husband's eyes (laughs) and on his face. It was just like sheer, like a whole, like bracing himself and then relief. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just had a four pack of Topo Chico, but. He was holding his breath as you left the house. And then you walked back in with that. Totally. Believe me, the kids were like, there was not a peep in that house. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you totally like, you guys need to (laughs) Settle down. <laughs> driving your mom crazy. And but the relief on his face was I mean, I will never forget it. But again, it was Topo Chico. Mm-hmm. Topo is not gonna send me to jail and it's not gonna cause my liver to fail. Right. But uh but the but the whole inner the whole action, like the whole, everything was yeah. the behavior mm-hmm. was very, very reminiscent to my old coping methods and um yeah it's... I think that's the flag right yeah that's the flag right now for me 
as I'm going into December, as I'm going into the holidays. Um, I've been feeling really good. Like I said, you and I were just talking about like, things are great. I don't have anything to talk about my sobriety. <laughs> uh, and then this happens and it's just like a little nudge, a little reminder, which I welcome, which is fine. Um, going through that uncomfortableness, I always get something out of it. Always. Yeah. I, I know that now. I'm not afraid of it like I used to be in early sobriety. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like right. we can have this conversation. Mm-hmm. It was like, I know I'm going to get something from this um, that'll help with my maintenance of my spiritual condition, which is a phrase I never would have used before, Sandra, ever. And now I think it's really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so funny how we change. <laughs> Uh, well, let's wrap up with some tools okay. because we've talked about a lot of things here that we've done, I know, throughout the episode. But do you have three things um, for I our do. listeners in your Unruffled Toolbox? Sure, I yeah. do. And mine are specific to this entire conversation. Okay. Uh, my first one is meetings and meetups. So, mm. you know, that can translate for you however you would like. For me, it's 12-step meetings and meetups are just coffee with friends. And I've got lots of those on my calendar for the next couple of weeks. Um, That's another thing too. Sometimes I think we can't, you know, just wait for these things to land in our laps. We have to schedule them. We have to put them on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put them on our to-do list. Yes. Yeah. Those are good. Yes. Um, My first one was the tool for me that I think helped even though this happened this month, um, social media sabbatical. So taking a break, uh, I just, I had to have a new relationship with my phone. So I took Facebook and uh, Instagram off of my phone. I had caveats that I could be in our unruffled Facebook group, which I really needed. I really needed that connection Thanksgiving weekend. I posted a shit ton in that group on Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. weekend because I needed it. I wanted that connection. And it was pretty quiet in there until Sunday. Like, I think people got through their weekends. Right. And had this really beautiful thread where everybody was sharing. And... um, but I, it was nice to go in there and read old posts and just see what people were doing. And um, that brought me great relief. So as much as I say the social media sabbatical, um, that was that was helpful for me not to document my life all month long and to just live it. It was really, mm-hmm. really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. So taking a little break from that helped my anxiety is what my, my tool was. That's a good one. Um and then my la- uh, my second one, my second one, sorry. My second one is um, I have a, I'm seeking out a new service opportunity. I don't want to go into details about this particular one, but really, you know, this could translate for anyone as seeking out any sort of service opportunity. Yeah. Um, that is just the best way I know. And it's not a savior complex. Like sometimes I have to check my ego and go, do I think I'm going to waltz in there and, you know, I'm going to, you know, regale my, everyone with my wisdom and <laughs> I'm going to save everyone that, that I come into contact with. No, I do have to, I have to check my intentions and my ego when it comes to service opportunities. Um, but at the same time, I know that it's the best way for me to um, get out of my head and get out of my asshole selfishness <laughs> and, you know, hopefully be of service to someone else. Yeah, it feels good. And like you said, um, 
you, you could get ego in the way there. And um, I even thought about that, about sharing how many 12-step meetings I went to or worked with people. But this is a podcast about recovery. So I'm going to share that. Like, I feel like this is the right, I'm not going to go around town telling everybody that, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but helping another woman or, or going to a meeting, I feel like service is just sitting your butt in a chair at a meeting too, you know, mm-hmm. to show that this, um, that there is a solution. Right. And that you found it. And I think just, yeah, sharing and being seen and heard in meetings is a way to be of service as well. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, my, second. my number two, it's, uh, I'm kind of cheating on this one because it's a few things, but it's, I heard this in a meeting a few months back and it really resonated with me and it's just going back to basics, kind of that mentality. Um, my tool is going back to basics for me is meditation, write a gratitude list, text or talk with at least three women in recovery every single day. I usually do that before I even get the morning going. Um, Attend 12-step meetings and do service work. So those are five things. Those are when I forget what to do, I need to go back and do that, like start there. So I have those five written down on my desk so that if I forget, I, I need to do them. Yeah, you have, um, and you have an easy list. Yeah, and it just helps. It helps, like, just get back to the, you know, because we can get off like, oh, I'm pulling a tarot card and I'm reading these books and the spiritual texts and what is this, per-? you know, it can get a little too lofty. <laughs> I need to keep it simple You're right. so that I can remember. You're right. Like, I love all those things, but I need to keep it simple when I'm in a crisis mode or when I'm mm-hmm. feeling not super stable. So just mm-hmm. the basics. That's a good one. Um, another one for me that I don't do perfectly, um, but I kind of uh, started it back up again um, after Thanksgiving crisis mm-hmm. <laughs> was um, breath work and cold showers. And I, yeah, and I was get, I was doing them probably uh, maybe after I read. Guru Jagat's book. I can't remember. It's, um, it's a practice that people that practice Kundalini do, but it's also just an ancient, those are both just ancient practices. And, um, it does something. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know exactly what it does to your brain and your lymphatic system, but it does actually physiological things to your body that are very, very beneficial, but it also just forces you back into yourself. Mm -hmm. And I know some people can do that through yoga or whatever. I don't do a lot of yoga, but, um, but those are quick and easy things. And I don't mean I take a big ass long cold shower. No, I take a hot shower and then I'll turn it on cold for about maybe a minute, but you, I can, that's an eternity. It, it, it it does kind of feel like an eternity, but I do like my, the front part of my body and then I turn around and do my back and then I'm done. But it like gets you right back into your, into your body. I mean, as you can imagine, but it also, like I said, it also does something lymphatically. It does something to your body that's really beneficial as well. Um, but the same with breath work too. Um, just in and out, in and out, deep breaths and, you know, holding your breath at the end. Um, do you do that just, seated, Sandra? Um, or how do you do it? So, sometimes I sit or sometimes I lay down. I wouldn't recommend standing up okay. and doing breath work because you can get lightheaded. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
That's like the work we or do you're... with Biet Simpkin at She Recovers. It was a lot of breath work. But uh-huh. yeah, you could get woozy and that's what yeah, you could Yeah, yeah. Don't don't do it standing up. I would never recommend doing that. Be sitting down. Don't do don't do it in the bathtub. Don't okay. do it in water, you know. Okay. You don't wanna pass out. <laughs> no. <you don't. laughs> um my last thing is kind of a hybrid creative recovery tool. And I got the idea from well, I keep a lot of journals, right? And so I've been trying since the summertime to keep one journal and just have all my stuff in it. I can't even really say that that's totally working that concept. But what I what it has morphed and turned into, um, Austin Cleon calls it a log, like a, a daily log, where mm-hmm. he, in his notebook, kind of puts his day. And so I've been doing that and painting in it sometimes as a foundation and putting my, you know, kind of just put putting the structure of my day, mainly what I was paying attention to at first was my mornings, but keeping the, the reason I think this is a tool is that it just helps keep me on track with, uh, my morning routine with what I'm doing all of a sudden, Sandra, if I'm keeping track and I'm at my desk and I go, what have I been doing for two hours? Mm -hmm. Um, probably not what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, if I lose track of myself, so kind of having some accountability to myself in this logbook. Oh, from 12 to 1, I just looked at Facebook. Really? Mm-hmm. You didn't spend a whole hour on Facebook? No, I don't think you did. Because it's preventing me from doing other things that I'm wanting to do. So I'm researching how to make an email course and I'm researching um, teachable, like how do you do an online live course or have recorded sessions? I found that when I was keeping track and seeing how much time I was spending on social media, this has been since July, um, that has kind of what made me have that decision in November to kind of go without it. So this logbook has turned into like this really beautiful thing that I go to now all the time. Quotes from meditations that I liked that I heard from Sarah Blondin or a passage from a book or the books I'm reading, the podcasts I really dug that month. I've been putting them all, I make a kind of at the beginning of the month, a uh, a cover page for November. And I, that's where I put all those things I was keeping track of. Um, some people call this bullet journaling. I don't know what I've looked at bullet journaling and I just can't look at it because it looks too complicated. Mm, so I guess I yeah. kind of made up my own is what I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, which works for me. So, um, but keeping track of things I've read and listened to that I really liked, it's helping me write my newsletter. Um, anyhow, so it's just been a great way to kind of um, look at what's working and what's not and what I can change the next day. So that's mm. my last tool. That's good. Ah, oh, that's it. We did it. We did do it. Yeah. So, um, who? I was just going to look and see who we have next week on the show. Anna Bilby will be our guest next week. So, yeah. To that. Anna, we uh, met at She Recovers, and she got to go to She Recovers because one of our listeners. Um, what did she do? Did she transfer her, her ticket or gift her ticket? Yeah, yeah. There was a ticket gifted to um, someone in our Enruffled community uh, for She Recovers. And um, we went back and forth. And, I mean, there were, you know, we had lots of – it was hard to choose. And I don't know. We didn't really have a system of how we did it. But anyway, we landed on um, Anna and we're so glad that we did because she enjoyed the hell out of She Recovers. She and did. Her story is great too. You guys are love, her, love her. And yes, she does have a great story. 
So that's next week. So I'm not going to drink today, Sandra. I'm not either. Yeah, let's let's not do that today. And, let, and yeah, not a good idea. Yeah. All right. I'm kind of exhausted after this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Might need an ibuprofen and lay down for a minute. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.